Greetings, friends. I'm your host, Mr. Josh. Welcome to High Form Family's Talk Story to Me. You are now tuned in to our nine-episode superhero short story anthology, Triumphant. Please enjoy this sixth episode, Beloved Stranger. Doctor, thank you for being flexible enough to accept my introductory session by tape. I'm delivering this recording as a drive to an address given to me by my wife. The mild distraction of being behind the wheel will help get me past the everyday levels and perhaps get a little closer to the truth. Your introductory question is about a life-changing event, something that made you into the person who you are. That's easy. My gub jub, Mazer. My God, how I love that critter. The family got Mazer, I had to be about five. I'm sure you've heard the tales of the deep bond between the child and the first pet. <laughs> Tears at the wonder of introduction. Shared bed, shared food, adventures outdoors, hugs, neck nuzzles, and boundless fun. Definitely true in our case. I love that critter. My heart is suffering a nostalgia attack right now. In hindsight, I didn't see how hard times hit our family after the drought of 1104. I was five. My mind was on other things. Mother and father got thinner. Sometimes the soup was a little thin. Sometimes we had to skip dinner. But I had my family and Mazer, so I was fine until Mazer disappeared. I woke up one morning and he was just gone. I was a quiet child, but all the hell raising I was overdue for for being such a mild baby hit all at once. I demanded my family go out and help me find my pet. Did you come with me to get Mazer? But they were hesitant. I didn't know why then. Come with me to get him! I was so desperate to find Mazer that when the rest of the family was dragging their feet, I broke out on my own to find him. <laughs> Can you imagine me, five, conducting a one-man search through the unpaved sections of the city to find a lost gubjub? <sighs> yeah, that was me, though. I had decided that I wasn't coming home until I came home with Mazer. I found him at sunset. He was under a bridge, leashed tethered to a spike of metal. I thought he was sleeping, but the smell and the scavenger flies let me know something was wrong. He was too still. He had thrown up, and in that childlike way, I got into that make this not happen, make this not happen, make this not happen level of denial that comes so naturally to children. I was found by the city patrol sometime later, screaming, trying to hug life back into Mazer. I was identified and taken back to my parents. Oh, to say I was a mess was an understatement. I don't know how many weeks I was lost in that gray haze, but I broke out of it at the dinner table. 
My brother asked me if Mazer had drank all his water from his bowl under the bridge. This surprised me, because I found Mazer by myself. The officers had taken his body as I screamed at them to bring him back. But how had he known that Mazer's water bowl had been there? I hadn't connected all the pieces again. I was only five. But what was clear was that Big Brother knew something. And by the indiscreetly discreet elbows and hard looks he earned by saying something, the rest of the family knew the truth. And I didn't. In that instant, my life changed. I realized there was the truth. And there is whatever we tell each other. I want no part of petty lies. It's got to be the truth. Or nothing at all. Nothing. I... I guess that was the beginning of my pursuit of the truth. Yeah. That's the length of it. <laughs> I tell you a sad story, earn your sympathy, and reveal something about myself. My family lost my trust, but I guess I made the best out of the rubble of those family ties. I had... I guess I have trust issues. But I turned that thirst for the truth and the saving image of the city patrol into a career of fighting wrong, helping those that needed help, and most importantly, finding and telling the truth. I became an officer of the law, and because of that, I met her. Lerda Cordevu. I could go on about face and form. I could go on about how she didn't let the advances of a handsome face in a crisp city patrol uniform sweep her off her feet. I could go on about her favorite scent, jade flower and shadwood, and sent tingles to my toes. It could have been a lot of things that made her special. But it was Lerda's heart that was her most beautiful feature. Always a kind word in a time of need. A smile that could light up a room. Or a lap sit and a lover. All will be well. That made me feel like the lord of the solar system. That woman became the everything to my everything. Which makes the next part even harder. We fell in love. We dedicated our lives to each other. We announced our life bond with family, friends, and associates in attendance. We began our bonded life together, and I went and sent it into the ditch. I wanted her to stay home and be my devoted spouse. I didn't think she could do that and have a career. I will not stay trapped in she thought otherwise. I didn't take that well. Things escalated. You are my spouse! You're supposed to stay at home! And it got ugly. We got a sanctioned elder to mediate, and I had my eyes opened. I was wrong. I know that now. By the time I was willing to move from my position, she changed her mind, too. I was willing to not be so rigid, and she was willing to be my loving wife. The clouds parted, and we loved long as the horizon and deep as the sea. 
but life has a way of ruining perfection. I was well past my days as a city patrol, but the city patrol's annual scarlet ball brought back officers new and old for fellowship and celebration. Right there, Mother, amid the pillars. I have something I have to tell you. She told me she was dying. She was dying of the rot. She was dying of the rot. And rather than take the risk and lingering damage of mystic therapy or nanite replacement, she would live out her days in clarity with me. True to her nature, she no. wouldn't change her we'll mind. We'll go to another doctor. We've got to find something. Maybe there's a way. I buried her two cycles later. How do you recover from losing your life, partner? I guess you don't. Not really. I skipped showers, missed appointments, lost a ton of weight. Then I got my beloved Lerda back. But not in the way I expected. Third age, 33rd of Yerma, year of the Rodu. The Grand Earthquake. After the shaking stopped, I could smell it on the air. A scent of jade flower and shadwood. Malurda had returned to me. I guess I kind of lost it. I tore up the room and lost my voice screaming for my spouse, but it was all in my mind. I was far, far from the epicenter, but not far enough to save the foundation of the family home. The assessor found the damage. He also found a hidden door. Right there, at the frame of the door, a tiny shelf. On the floor, a broken glass vial, a small perfume bottle, and still clinging to the glass, a scent of jade flower and shadwood. Down the tiny hall was a tiny changing room, barely big enough for a person to stand. And hanging on a simple hook, a suit of armor. It was a suit of armor I recognized. Black skin suit, fuchsia blade of plate, white highlights. Stylized armored cowl with a sword and flower blend. The costume of Rosen Bloom, street-level vigilante that came into prominence, then vanished. It took me a second to realize it. My darling Lerda was Rosen Bloom. Thinking back on the timeline, Rose came onto the scene when I was at my least flexible. By the time I understood how badly she wanted to have a life outside our home, I guess she had already created one for herself. I understood why. How could I not? It was my fault. Thing is, I didn't know the truth. I knew every part of that woman. At least... At least I thought I did. Seems I have some learning to do, even after she's gone. Which brings me to the present day. I want the truth. And the easiest way to get to the truth is to ask the folks involved. 
Rosenblum operated with the Queen of Green for a significant stretch of her career. They only worked together for a few years, but speculation about them was the fuel of the info boards for many a day. They were so different in age. Were they mother and daughter? Were they lovers? Just thinking about that. Thinking about my lure to being unfaithful makes me sick, but I stayed focused until I could find a bit of the truth and work from there. No emotion. Take your ego out of it. I went where the evidence led, not where I demanded it go. Breathed. Peeled away the unknown like a ripe fruit. Force as a last resort. Let the truth bloom like a flower. I followed the transaction records for the kinds of equipment the Queen of Green was recorded using. Corroborated that with a little facial recognition. Cross-referenced that with a little zone triangulation on the dates the Queen of Green was seen. It was pretty simple to find out that the Queen of Green's will name, Patrum Kesey Mormet. Present address, 23.4421, Underim, Block 56, Bungalow 9. That's where I am now. I'm off to meet Madame Kesey Mormet for the first time. And I intend to get to the truth. After I exit this car, I'll speak to someone who knows secrets about the person I thought I knew better than anyone in the galaxy. I feel sick, and I don't know how it'll go. I intend to be polite, but I intend to learn the truth about my wife. If I was so wrong about the woman I love so much, nothing is going to stop me from finding out who she actually was. I have to know the truth. I hope what I find is enough for me to continue to love as much as the woman I thought I knew. I feel alive in a way I haven't felt since I was back in uniform. Well, that's the end of my introductory session. I have business with Miss Kesey Mormet to attend to. I look forward to scheduling my in-person appointment when you have time. You have a good day, Doc. From the love of a pet came a love of the truth. From the disagreement between lovers came a rebellion. From a rebellion between lovers came a shocking secret. From uncovering a secret and searching for the truth, a humble man ended an era. How far would you go to find the truth? I want to be a hero, though I hear the darkness calling, but I will not hang up, no. I will keep on talking because the pain you know it is part of the gig man because the pain you know it is part of the gig man if you can't take the pain you're not ready to be a hero I do not like the pain but I want to be a hero 
If you can't take the pain, you're not ready to be a hero I do not like the pain, but I want to be a hero So I find all the kids, villains, and my complexities Producers for this episode are Josh Evans, Stephanie Evans, Stephen Evans, Nicole Evans, DeCrystal Evans, David Evans, James Ward, and Damon Allens. The associate producer for this show is Demetrius Holt. The writer of this episode, Beloved Stranger, is Damon Allens. The composer for the opening score is Stephen Evans. The vocal talents in this episode, by order of appearance, are Damon Allens, Alexander Allens, and Tashi J, with Bridget Bianca as our closing narrator. The triumphant theme song, Fight On, is performed by Aaron Daniels. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And remember, no matter what happens, fight on. I'm victory, cause I fight on. It doesn't matter how long it's taken for me to get to this moment. Yeah. I'm here, tired, powerful, wise, smart, and flexible, and I fight on.